You are listening to the All Focus and Grit Breakaway Roping Podcast, where we provide you a roadmap to success both inside and outside the arena. Here are your hosts, Breakaway Ropers, Dreamers, and Goal Setters, Jennifer Casey, Cody Fuller, and Dusty Crenshaw. Welcome back to the All Focus and Grit Podcast. I'm Jennifer Casey. I'm Dusty Crenshaw. And I'm Cody Fuller. Today we have on our show, Casey Gardner. Casey is a mother, a wife, a business owner, a beautician, and a girl on a mission. She has worked her butt off in the barrel racing industry. Casey has been the reserve champion, not once, but twice at the famous Pendleton Roundup Rodeo. And most recently is returning from making it into the top 10 at the American, making it all the way to the AT&T Stadium. Casey is with us today to talk about goals, systems, vision boards, staying focused, working hard, and kicking butt. Thank you, Casey, for being on our show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, we'd like to kind of start off and just tell us about you. Tell us about growing up. What did you rodeo? Um, Were your parents into it? How did this all get started? Oh, you know, I don't ever remember a time in my life that I didn't have a horse growing up on ponies and horses. um, We've always had horses in our lives. My parents never rodeoed. Um, We, we just enjoyed the horse itself. You know, we went up and we rode up in the mountains. We camped a lot with them, stuff like that. And then, you know, as you grow up, different people come into your life and they kind of show you another path with that horse. And, and I had that, you know, my aunt, um, she amateur rodeoed and then my cousins junior rodeoed so we kind of started getting into like the the play day stuff um like the gaming so we did that um and then you know you meet people through there I junior rodeoed I high school rodeoed um you know I I just loved the horse itself but you know truthfully I never had a winning horse, you know, I was always that girl who dad brought home the $1,000 buy off of the giant nickel, you know, and he's like, here you go, it's pretty, you know, and you just kind of had to make it what you wanted it to be. And to me, it was just about having fun and, you know, and going through high school rodeo, I kind of discovered that, you know, you can have fun, but losing sucks and you can only get so far and stuff like that and I just kind of started putting my head down and uh you know just trying to find some decent horses or ride with other people to make you just a little bit better and so I high school rodeoed I went in I college rodeoed I started having a little bit more success in college um after that I met my husband we got married had a family sold my barrel horses kind of took a time out from barrel racing for a little bit and then slowly kind of get back into it as the kids got older. Cool. Um, tell us about your little horse you're riding right now. Like, tell us <laughs> where you got her, like the story behind uh, Mercedes, the rocket. <laughs> oh, the little red rocket, right? <laughs> yeah. She, she, she's kind of, she's a fun story. And I always love to tell this little story about her. Um, I had a broodmare that I was struggling getting, getting in full and, we tried several different studs and different routes and stuff like that. And I called um, a good friend of ours in the Walla Walla Valley, Brad and Karen Gleason. They have a stud called JD Look. And I called Karen and I was like, look, I'm having problems getting this mare in full. Can you help me? And so it was more about the mission of getting the mare in full versus creating this dream horse. And so we were able to get her in full and Mercedes, the little rocket was born. Um, she's just a spitfire from the time she hit the ground. She never stayed in a fence. She is out all day long. You, she's just, she's a character. She could care less about other horses, but loves human connection. Um, I got to raise her. I did not even swing a leg over. We didn't even start her until she was three. She was so little. And I had sold um, my paternity colt. And so she was the only thing that I had out in the past year. So I was like, okay, here, here goes nothing. So she's the first one that I got to train from the ground up. Um, I, she just progressed so fast that I ended up with, I paternity her as a four-year-old. So 
she barely had a saddle on her in May, her three-year-old year, and I was paternity in April for four, her four-year-old year. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, tell us all about the places that Mercedes has taken you from the, the Valley Girls to the circuit finals to Pendleton and then to the big show, the American on AT&T Stadium. So tell us about all the, the fun things you've got to do with this little horse of yours. Well, you know, and it's, you don't think how fast four years goes by. So she's eight now and we, I got to enter her as a four-year-old and so I, the very first maturity I took her to was uh, Walla Walla Barrel Days as a four-year-old. And we placed there in the maturity and the uh, stallion incentive side pot. Um, we placed at the Idaho Barrel Faturity and she just, she just kept progressing through there. And then you notice the holes, you know, and, and as they start climbing and, and getting better, you notice like, okay, well, things are starting to go south a little bit. And, and I sought out a reigning cow horse trainer, uh, Justin Bailey. He's a good friend of my husband's grew up together in Southern Idaho. Dusty, you probably grew up rodeoing with him in Idaho too and, and college rodeoing and stuff. But um, he's a phenomenal horseman. And I took her over there and they said, I'm having problems. And he said, I can see that you're having problems and God bless him. He's, he's the most honest man. And he's the one that helped me see, see horsemanship in a whole different set of eyes. And he plays a huge part in all of this story as well. Um, but he helped me um, get her going, get her right. I also had Lee and Hallie Hansen. I rode with them quite a bit and and we joked around. I actually, I saw them when I was down in Weatherford and we kind of joked around. They said, Lee, I owe you a huge thank you. You're so honest with me. And you told me the best thing I could do for this mare as a four-year-old is slower down, make her a 3D horse. And you saw the holes and, and that needed to be fixed, but he never discounted the potential that she had. And so that always kept me hopeful. Um, but from there, her five-year-old year, we struggled. Like we, we struggled. Um, it was hard. There was lots of tears. There was lots of throwing your sucker in the dirt and trying to pick yourself back up and keep going. And her, um, towards the end of her five-year-old year, my daughter wanted to try to qualify for the Kelly Kaminsky's KK run for Vegas that they hold uh, during the national finals rodeo um, at the convention center. And she asked me if she could run Mercedes there. And was like oh no you know she hasn't been working that good and we're trying to fix all these things and everything else and she proved me wrong she swung leg over that mare and got qualified and she actually ended up fourth in the um fourth and I guess what you would call the world the junior NFR world um on her there and she kind of Mercedes and my daughter Paige both opened up my eyes to see like wow I, I think I might have something um, that next year, my husband encouraged me to get my permit for the WPRA. Um, and he just, he kept entering me and I, I questioned it and I kept asking all my friends, just trying to get some confirmation from them, you know, like, do you think she has it? Do you think we have what it takes? And, you know, I had a lot of people shaking their heads at me saying, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know. And I went to my very first pro rodeo at Central Point, Oregon, and I went in there with absolutely no expectations. Um, just was like, well, I guess cards are going to fall. We've done our homework. Cards are going to fall where they're supposed to fall. And I was the last perf, last out on the ground, came out, and I won it by a tenth. And that was... I always get, like, emotional talking about it because there's so much hard work that went in that went into those years to get there and I had nothing else to fall back on. I had no other Colts at home and nothing. And so, you know, you kind of put your eggs in that basket and we kept entering and I placed at sisters and I placed in another rodeo and, and then I went through a dry summer, pretty dry summer. And I was going to quit. And I told my husband, I was like, you know, come our Columbia river circuit gets tough about uh, July, August, you know, you get the top 15 in the world come in and we've got some big rodeos here. And, and I was like, you know, I think I'll back off and I'll just go home, hit some jackpots and not go anywhere. And he, 
uh, kept entering me and I'm thankful that he did because then Pendleton came around and uh, we placed, I think, fourth in the long go at Pendleton. Um, and then we came back short round and I won the average or won the, the short round at Pendleton and then was second in the average behind Cheyenne Allen. Um, went to my very first Columbia River Circuit finals. Um, I placed in two rounds and won a round. Uh, and I was second in the average there right behind Cheyenne Allen, which who better to be right behind that woman is amazing. Um, and then started our journey again last year and set some other goals. And it was pretty cool to be able to actually visualize what I wanted to go after and see what I could accomplish. And we, we didn't win a lot of rodeos, but we placed at way more rodeos. We, um, uh, made, I did well at Pendleton again, as I was reserve champion there, won the short round there, um, went on to circuit finals. I was second in the average at our circuit finals this, uh, last January, won a round, placed in both rounds. And she's just this little unicorn that just keeps taking me down these roads that keep opening. And I just keep driving down that road with her. That's wonderful. Well, and, and I know Casey and I, we've had this conversation lots of times, um, the horse, you, you didn't just walk out one day and be like, oh, I'm going to be a barrel racer. And this applies to breakaway ropers too. I know most of our audience are breakaway ropers. Um, and it, it's not like I'm going to snap my fingers and everything's going to be okay. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be, you know, like you said, you throw your sucker in the dirt and you're like, oh, wait, I can't do that. And you pick yourself back up and you, and you keep going. And that's one thing that I've always admired about you, Casey, is your ability to like, okay, this is my dream. This is my goal. And I want to accomplish that. So talk to us a little bit about what it is. And I, I know we uh, just talked a little bit earlier um, about a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. Like how, how do you set a goal? What do you do? Like, how does that work? Well, I think it's something that just doesn't happen to you. I think it's something that, that you've got to learn how to do a little bit. Um, I went to a personal growth seminar about two years ago last May, um, did not want to go. My company sent me and it was more for business, um, for the salon and leadership and ownership kind of a deal. And when I got in there, the biggest takeaways of, of all of it was growth mindset, you know, and, and it is all about fixed versus growth mindset and, and, and waking up every day and seeing the potential in every day. And it, it turned my thoughts around. It changed the way that I saw the world. It changed so much about it because you can want something so bad, but until you put that into action, you're not going to get it. And it's learning how do you put that into action and and what does that look like? Because you can have this big, massive dream of what you want your life to look like, but your dreams are not reality. The reality is the hard work that goes in behind chasing those dreams. And what does that look like? And, and you can set a goal that you want to reach in 10 years, but then you have to dissect that goal and you've got to bring it back and you've got to look at it in the way of, okay, in five years, where can I be to reach that 10 year goal? And then in two years, what do I have to obtain to get there? You know, or in one year or even in your daily practice is huge. And in learning how to break that all down, what I started to do is a vision board. And I love it. For the first time, like I get what I'm doing on a vision board. Like we've done them um, as a group of girls in the salon before and and I've always sat there and I stared through magazines and I'm like, I don't know what I want. Like, what do I want? What do I want? And I started learning how to listen to my heart because what your mind wants, what your heart wants are two different things. And I started paying attention to what my desires were and where I wanted to spend my time and how, where my joy came from. Because if you don't know where all that is, it's hard to get going just in, in what you want. Where are your goals? And, and I started kind of paying attention to that. And I knew as a young girl watching the NFR on TV, I've always known deep down in my heart 
like I get emotional when I watch those girls walk down the alley. Like, I don't know if you guys get all emotional when you watch somebody go and kill it and like starting to understand what goes in behind all that. It, it makes sense. And now I know where that emotion comes from because it's not emotional because I'm mad that they're there. It's emotion because that's what my heart desires. And now putting that forward into my daily practice and what I'm getting after. And so my vision goal isn't necessary, or my vision board isn't necessarily my 10 year goal. Like I do have my 10 year goal on my vision board. Like I literally have a picture that I took on my cell phone in the Thomas and Matt of the barrels in the arena. And I have that on my vision board because that is a 10, 20 year, but, it, but it's only in God's time that I'm going to get there. You know, like I don't get to plan that out. I get to do the daily work and see where that road goes, but I've got to sit and I've got to listen and pay attention to doors that open and be aware of what's going on in my daily practice and where that road leads me. That's good. I, you know, so many times we get so sucked in on the goal and we want to have it right now in our, in our culture. It's like right now, right now, right now. And that if you don't happen right now, you just, you're done, you, you quit. And that's where that yeah. growth mindset comes from is it's, it's hard. Jennifer, and you- I think yeah. that no. our listeners should hear what she's saying. It's not what she's hearing or what she, what's up here in our head. Mm-hmm. It's that she's listening to her heart, her gut, her, she's listening to her, herself at, on a really deeper level and her own thoughts, not to the outside world's thoughts of what she should be doing. I think it's Absolutely. Huge. Oh, it's huge. I feel like too many people get caught up in fear let's let's go to fear when I say this just for the sec for the thought of because I've been there you know like I have the fear of what does everybody else think are they going to think that I'm stupid do they think that my horse is good enough do they think that I'm good enough and we get lost in doing the things or or not doing the things because of what other people think that fear of failure is so can be so paralyzing, right? The fear of X, Y, or Z that I think, and until we look at that fear in the face and look down that rabbit hole at it and say, come on and take it on straight, you know, I think that after that, then you can. And I think that's what you're doing with your life is looked at that and say, yeah, that might be scary, but I know I can do this. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's figuring out like, why is it scary? And you, and, and I ask myself these questions, like, why do I get nervous? Why, you know, and all these questions and, and it's fear of failure, you know, it, it absolutely is like that nervousness that I have learned and I can't speak for anybody else, but it took me a little bit to understand that my very first pro rodeo that I went to on Mercedes, I was not nervous. And I was warming up and I was walking down there and I was not nervous. And I looked at my husband and I said, I don't know if I should be here. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, I'm not nervous. And he's like, because you know what you're doing and, and you've worked hard to get here. And why would you be nervous? Like, it's just another run. And I'm like, I know, but like, normally I'm so scared, but I think for me, when I sit back and I remember that and, and in my mind, like it's something that I do remember. And same thing with Pendleton is I worked to get there. Like it wasn't just out on a whim. I'm going to enter a rodeo and go do this. Like there was a lot of work. There was a lot of mental, like deep mental work that I put into it that for the first time I felt like I belonged. And it wasn't because I belonged because the other people, but I was confident in myself and what I was doing and I believed in myself and I, I, for the one time in my life, I did not care what anybody else thought. Awesome. So Casey, like, so you kind of saying, um, for your fears and like fear of failure and worried about what people think, think the nervousness, um, that kind of dissipates and the cure for that is maybe just preparation? 
Absolutely. I think a ton of preparation and it's not necessarily preparation of going and swing your leg over your horse. I think it's self preparation. It's personal growth and development and learning to love yourself through your own flaws and learning to love yourself through the hard times and learning to celebrate those highs and celebrate those lows because out of every low, there's actually something good in there that you're going to learn that's going to bring you to that next high. And I've, I've learned not to beat myself up through the hard times like I used to. And, and I think there for a long time, I would always remember the bad things that would happen when I would go into that competition run, you know, like my horse would step off here or, is she going to grab the bit there? Oh my gosh, is, you know, are we going to hit a barrel? And instead of, of focusing on the lows or the bad times or the bad runs, I've learned to like, well, that was a learning opportunity. So what am I going to not do to have that happen again? So I'd go home and I'd do that homework. I would do it mentally. And then I would go do it out of my horse. And I would be, I would slow everything down and I would literally focus in on that run and not even think about that bad step, but think about like, okay, she's going to step here and this is going to be perfect. And we're going to finish here and her footwork's going to be perfect. And really focusing in on what you want that good to be. And it just becomes so much repetition. And I think it becomes repetition in your mind as well as in your physical body and when you are competing. Yeah, I think that that visualizing piece, the point where you're you're focused on the good. And here's one thing that um, I want to point out to all our listeners, and this is for breakaway ropers, barrel racers, or anything you do, whatever industry you're in. Um, one thing when Casey, when she was talking about, you know, when things didn't go right, I can't tell you how many times I listened to her talking to her. I guess the word would be her barrel racing tribe or her, you know, those people and being like, okay, my horse did this. Why is this happening? And she will pick like five or 10 people's brains and then go back to the practice pin and be like, okay, so I need to do this and I'm going to try this. And I mean, that's one thing that I have watched Casey do time after time after time. And that has got her to the level that she's at right now. So absolutely. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Having that tribe behind you is huge. Yeah. It's huge. That, that group of your community is what I like to call it too. My community of, of friends that are behind you and that aren't afraid to tell you when you make mistakes and be like, Hey, you know, like I've seen you make that run before, but if you can push through here, you've got it. You know, there's that encouragement behind it, but still have the eyes to point out the things that you're not willing to see too, that helps you correct that. Yeah. And I think um, Jennifer is doing a really good job with this in the breakaway roping industry with her, um, the Facebook group that she has and they are, you know, she can upload videos and, and uh, talk about the runs and what they did. And I think that's anything you can do like that is just huge. Right. Having that feedback, I think um, in a positive manner, other than just saying, Oh yeah, you sucked, (laughs) you know? Oh yeah. You know? (laughs) And even if you say that to yourself, that's not helpful. Right. And I think what Casey just said there is you're, you're either winning or you're learning. Right. And if we don't seize that as an opportunity to learn, then we're just self-sabotaging and it just goes down the the wrong path for where we want to go. It doesn't get us closer to that five-year goal, 10-year goal. So that's huge. That is. Okay. I have one more question about like goal setting and then we're going to talk about the the big show, the American. Um, (laughs) So I know you are a busy, busy woman. How in the world do you have time to run a business, (laughs) be a mom, be a wife, do the thousand things you do, plus do your research in the barrel racing industry? How do you juggle all your time? You know... I used to search every day for this thing in life that we call balance, right? And the moment that I realized there's no such thing as balance was when things changed for me. So trying to balance everything, it doesn't exist. It's pure chaos. Like my, my life is chaos on a everyday basis, but it's how do you, how do you embrace the chaos for me? Um, 
I have learned to be present in the moments that I'm in as much as possible. So if I wake up in the morning and I'm in the salon, my clients, the staff, my coworkers, everybody, they get my 100% presence. When I jump out of there and I'm at my daughter's basketball game, my son's football game, it's I'm present there in that moment. And once I started learning how to be present in the moments that I'm in, I started to kind of find a little bit of, I don't know, balance. I hate that word though. In in the chaos, you know, balance in the chaos, I guess. But you know, it also takes a community to be able to do it. Um, I am grateful for arena lights because lots of nights in the foggy, wet, snowy, dark, um, that's the only time I have to ride. Um, my daughter, my family, they're huge. Paige, she, right now, actually, let's talk about crazy chaos. She is behind me saddling for a head of horses so we can take off and go ride when we're off this call. Um, you know, I, I couldn't do all of this if I didn't have the help behind me. So I would never say that it's only me. Like it takes a community to be able to do this. My in-laws are amazing. They come and stay with the kids and help us out when we're trying to rodeo and we're doing the quick trips there all night drives home kind of situations where the kids don't want to be in the truck. Um, my husband, he's amazing. He, if there's days that I can't exercise horses, he'll go out and help me. Um, or he'll run kids so I can ride, or if I have to go into the salon to do something. So it, it definitely takes a community to be able to make this happen. And I've got to forgive myself for the days that I can't get out in the arena and the days that my focus has to go somewhere else. And, and I've had to tell myself, it's okay that you don't ride seven days a week. Like, it's okay that maybe you can't ride for an entire week, but you, you have to learn how to forgive yourself through a lot of it too. So that way you don't stress yourself out to the max to try to do it all. Good. Yes. So many times, especially women, they think that they need to do it all. And when you're not present, then that's when you start, your brain just starts going and it just went far yeah. out of control. Yeah. All right. So switching gears a little bit. Uh, tell us about your favorite memory of the American rodeo. What was your the most incredible part? Mm. You know, I think, to be honest with you, I had a picture of AT&T Stadium um, on my vision board last year uh, before I even qualified to go there. And it says AT&T Stadium where dreams come true. Mm. And I think my favorite moment of actually AT&T Stadium was pulling up to it and seeing the building. Like I've never been to Texas, but seeing the Coliseum, exactly how that picture was on my vision board. And I, I cried. I'm not going to lie. Like I cried. And it was just like that. Like, wow, I'm here, you know, like this really did happen and, and I'm here. And I think that moment of just pulling up and actually just seeing it was probably my favorite moment. Just, you know, I couldn't make anything happen any different while I was there, but just trying to be present in all of that while I was there was just so cool and so amazing. And I'm hungry to do it again. That's for dang sure. That's cool. So that kind of leads me into your ne my next question. So you, you've hit that mark on your vision board. So now what? Like, do you, you still keep your momentum <laughs> going or do you have to take a nap because <laughs> you've worked so hard or what does that look like? <laughs> oh, you know, it's funny that you asked that question because I just listened to one of my favorite podcasts this morning. It's Ed Milet called Blissful Dissatisfaction. And if you guys have never listened to it, I highly recommend everybody to listen to it because the coolest thing is, is you, you meet a lot of people along this journey and, and they have this goal, they have this end game, right? And they end up there. And if I had an end game for this year, I guess it would have been the American, uh, but, but I'm hungry for more. And it, it's the coolest podcast because it's talking about like living in that moment and being present in that moment and celebrating that moment but staying hungry for that next step like it's not the end game but I'm celebrating that I was there 110 percent 
But I came home afterwards to this weird time that we're all in right now with the coronavirus kind of going on and, and everything shut down. Um, you know, I, I did have goals. I wanted to be in the top 50 in the WPRA um, by the end of this year to be able to qualify to get into all the winter rodeos next year. My mare really did shine down there when I was down in Texas. We went to a lot of places and she did extremely well down there. And I had realized while I was down there, like, if I could get into that winter run, like, I think, I think it would give us a start to that 10 year goal that's sitting on my vision board right now. And I came home to the standstill, like the world is on a standstill. I'm not even in the salon right now. I'm not even like, I came home and was lost, to be honest with you. And I think, um, I think we're all kind of feeling that in a way. And, and it took me a week after coming home, I sat there and I kept staring at my vision board that was last year's. And I was like, well, time to set new ones, time to figure out what this is going to look like because we're all, we're all stopped. But I finally had to, and this is where we go back, Jennifer, to talking about fixed mindsets is I had to look at all of this as an opportunity of time. Now, this is a gift of time that we are given. And this is the time that we go back to the drawing board and we, I have some holes. I, I found out at the American is the biggest realization that I had is there's a reason why I don't enter OMAC Washington. There's a reason why I don't enter all these big pins is because I know that I'm more comfortable on my mare in a pin that I have walls to bounce off of on all three barrels. And at the American, it was not set up like that and we did struggle so why not take that and come back home and let's work on that what can I do to improve her to be better because hopefully the world will open back up and we can go hit because I'm gonna have to go to those bigger rodeos and I'm gonna have to go to those to follow suit in my dream that I want to do and we've been given the gift of time right now to be able to work on that and I'm not sitting here I'm to work on this in between rodeos where normally that's where you're trying to do it and you're exhausted and you're tired and you're going 110 miles an hour. So it's changing that mindset of everything right now is where do we go? And, and we don't even know when the next rodeo is going to be, to be honest with you. And every day I look at the thing and I see another one canceled and another one canceled, another one canceled. So what do we do in this time? We work. Oh, I think you said it, you know, awesome, you know, just right there, the fact that, you know, we all have things we can work on and the universe has granted us this time. And I think um, if we, the people that are using it, like you're using it now as this opportunity to, you know, analyze that, right? Look, you know, take that microscope and say, okay, yes, if I want to do this, I need to do this. And you know, okay, maybe that's, you know, seeking help here, maybe it's doing this, or, you know, who knows, but just, just moving forward during this yeah. time, I think that's huge. Yeah, the loss of momentum is scary, like, coming home from being down there in Texas, I will even coming off of last year, I had a lot of momentum coming off of last year, um, our divisional circuit finals, like, I did great there, circuit finals, and then went down and did extremely well down south and and I came home and you lose your momentum and when you lose that momentum it's scary because it's like now what and you've got to keep going and it's a different momentum now like it, it just looks different like you still have that momentum but it just looks different now right and don't you think the fact that that momentum it will be even more powerful because you're generating it within yourself within your horse you know, you're generating that momentum versus relying on external factors, right? I just think that will push you so much further, serve you so much better Absolutely. in the road in three months, six months. Absolutely. So. so all you listeners at home, grab your rope, grab your horse, <laughs> practice it. <laughs> the time is now. <laughs> uh -oh. All right, Cody, do you guys have any more questions before we do a rapid fire? I do. Um, so, and I know you've mentioned this several times. So what, so like 
give us some books that you like to read or give us some podcasts or like where like what's in your ear all the time or what are you reading or how do you take in information right um what does that look like for you I know you mentioned Ed Milet so what are some other um you know my so my daily this is what my daily I guess kind of looks like between uh, books and podcasts and stuff like that I like to start my mornings off with a list of gratitude I write down 10 things that I'm grateful for um and it's simple stuff as much as like my husband made me coffee this morning or you know like the beautiful day that we're in right now with no Um, wind with no wind absolutely (laughs) I'm in a tank top like this is like amazing because it's April you know um so and like so my morning routine like even when I'm getting ready for work I don't watch the news like I don't even have tv to watch the news the news is depressing to me um so I pick up podcasts and I love I love Ed Milet like I look forward to his weekly podcast he's got some great ones um and the thing that I love about what he has on there is he has a lot of pro athletes on there. Um, and, and in our world, we are pro athletes, like we are athletes. And it's fun to learn how they got through, say the NFL or their basketball career or major league baseball or whatever. And what that looks like, because they have the pressure on them. They have the eyes on them. They've got all these other things, but how do they mentally do it? How do they get through it? And he has a lot of those amazing people on there. And so it just, I love listening to him. Um, Brendan Burchard is another amazing one. I love to follow. Um, I I'm working on a book right now. A good friend of mine gave me, it's called mind gym. Um, that one, um, there is another book that is absolutely amazing and I cannot remember the name of it. Um, I'm so sorry. And it's going to drive me nuts now that I can't remember the name of it. Um, (laughs) Basically anything growth mindset. Um, Tony Robbins was the, the um, personal growth uh, deal that I went to and he's phenomenal. That man is amazing. And if anybody has the opportunity to go to any of his events or even just follow him, pick up his books, like he's a, he's, he can be intimidating, but I like that because he pushes you a little bit. Um, his, he changed my life going to that deal. He changed my life. And from there, I started learning from all these other people that have podcasts. And when I listen to their podcasts, I hear him in it. And they talk about this personal velvet seminar that they went to and they've all been to his stuff. And so I think I have a relatability to some of these podcasts that I, um, listen to and stuff like that. But that is my daily. I have to fill my cup with that. And it just puts me in a growth mindset every single day to where when I walk in the door, whether it's my kids or the salon or heading to a rodeo or just me and my husband or whatever, like looking at the best opportunities in the day and staying in that positive mindset because it's, there's no, there's no other way I'd want to spend my day than being in a positive mindset anymore. I've lived on the other end of it and I didn't like it. That's awesome. That's a lot of good resources for, I think, for our listeners to go and kind of seek those out for sure. Casey, did you feel like um, with your um, vision boards, did you feel like once you started making vision boards, your goals um, came to fruition a lot easier or did you see a lot more positive changes that way? Um, Definitely, definitely came more naturally because it's when you wake up and you see it every single day, um, it's, it just keeps you, it, it keeps you going and it keeps you going in that direction. And it was amazing to see, like, I had a picture of my vision board on my screensaver of my phone or on the phone. So like on my lock screen. So every time, you know, how many times we tap our screen to see if we have notifications every time I tap my screen, my vision board's sitting right there. And I got to see that even through the American. And it, the coolest thing was coming back home and seeing, looking at that vision board um, and saying, wow, check, wow, check and check, you know, like it, that was the coolest thing, but it was the hardest thing to take it down, to be honest with you guys. Like I struggled with wiping that one off and creating a new one because it was so cool to see what you have done but I definitely really feel like if you can envision it, 
and you can stay on track to that, anything is possible. Why don't you talk a little bit to the fact of you're not only visioning it, but you're feeling it, you're seeing it, you're smelling it. I mean, it's, I think mm. more than just um, seeing it. It's almost like a meditation in a way. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever meditated before. It was something I had never done. Um, when I went to that personal development seminar, uh, the very first night that we were there, so they, they kept you there for, we were there for four days and we had start at 9am and not leave till like three o'clock in the morning. And the very first night they let us do this meditation. And I was like, Oh my gosh, here we go. You know, whatever. And I, I kind of told myself though, I came this far play all in. And I learned how to meditate that night. And it was the most unreal thing because the journey that I went through in that where you see it, you feel it. I knew the clothes that I was wearing, the boots that I was wearing, the earrings that I was wearing, the horse that I was riding. And when I went through that meditation, of course it was barrel racing. Like why wouldn't it be? And it was me visualizing winning my first rodeo. I could hear the crowd screaming. I could feel my heart beating. I could feel my horse's heart beating. Like it was so real in that meditation. It was unreal that when I then experienced that, like it was unreal because it was the same shirt that I meditated in. It was the same, you know, like it was everything that I visualized. It was like, it was unreal, like unreal how that happened. I never would have believed that that was even a thing but it is Jennifer you nailed powerful. it like when you asked that it, oh my gosh it was so powerful so powerful and that just goes to show you how much our hearts and our mind need to get connected I mean you got to get them connected and playing on the same team in order to achieve greatness absolutely well and I think that's kind of going back to quit listening to what everybody thinks you need to be doing and listen to your heart and connect your mind and your heart. Because when that connection happens, that movement is powerful. It is so powerful. And if you are doing things to please other people, but it is not your joy and it is not filling your cup, you've got to redirect that focus. You've got to figure out um, one of the coolest sayings, and, and this is, uh, I think, a Rachel Hollis thing that I had heard. Um, you, so like you're like a vase, right? And, and you're filling your vase. And this is what we work on in a daily thing, like with my, um, my gratefulness and with my personal mindset, you know, and all this stuff. Like you're constantly filling your vase, the podcast, the books. And, and you want that water, you want to be so full that you want that water to be able to pour out onto others. But what you have to remember is you cannot tip that base over to fill somebody else's because you then become empty again. And I have gone through a little bit of that roller coaster to try to figure out what does that look like? Because I am that person I want to pour into everybody else. Like I want to share my story. I want to share my journey because I want people to, to know that I'm just like anybody else out there. I am just like any other girl that is going out to grab your horse and saddle up and have this dream of something that you want to accomplish, whether it's you want to win the 2D at a jackpot or you just want to make the pattern or whatever that is. Like we're all alike. It's just the matter of how far do you want to take it? And what are you going to do to get there? Because you can't just sit there and hope and dream. You have to put your plans into action. And that's when you start seeing results. But if you, if you sit here and you want to tell everybody what you're doing and, and, and everything else, like, don't tell them, show them, just go do it regardless what anybody thinks. That's good. That's good. I, I am going to go back to the vision boards just a little bit. So I have a really interesting story. So Casey and I were standing at a barrel racing there in Walla Walla and she was showing me her vision board on her, her phone. And this was a year, a year plus ago. And the weirdest thing is, is my phone must've been listening. It was in my pocket. So the next time I got on Facebook and I was scrolling through, 
and this is the thing I've heard it happen more than once. Like your phone listens to what you have to say. It's, it's a little bit crazy, but anyways, in Facebook, um, <laughs> this dream it, pin it, live it, um, book from, uh, Terry Savelle Foy, I guess how you, how you say her name, um, popped up and I was like, Oh, I clicked on it. And I usually never, ever click on ads. And I listened to her, um, audio book and it was, it was really powerful. So for you listeners out there that are like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. Vision board. What is that? Like, how do you develop one or whatever? This is a really good resource, um, for you to look at. And I don't know, Casey, have you ever listened to that or, or were we even talking about I it? I have not. Okay. No, I have not because wow. you might have to share that with me. <laughs> yeah. I can put it in the show notes, the name of the book and everything and the link to it in Amazon or I listened to it on audible and it was, it was one of those that I started listening to when we were driving to Southern Idaho. I listened the whole way there and I would put my headpieces in, I listened. And then, I mean, it was just a really good, it was good. I really got a lot of value out of it. That's awesome. Yeah. There is, um, kind of, there's a lot of books and stuff out there, not necessarily books, but like workbooks that are out there too, that I enjoy kind of doing and journaling in and kind of writing down, you know, like, okay, break it down to what are my intentions today and what am I going to work on today and what am I going to focus on? And there's a lot of books out there. Um, one that actually I like to work in, it's called the self journal. You can, um, look that up. I think it's on Amazon prime. Um, my good friend, Shanna Bailey gave that to me and it's kind of a guided workbook that you can work through. And it, what's cool is, is you work through it and then you get to pick it back up from a year ago, you know, and kind of look back through it and like, see what you're working on. And it's cool to see the progress. Like on a daily, you don't feel like you're making that much progress, but if you look back over a year, you're like, Oh, wow. You know, like if, if you can only progress 1% every day in a hundred days, that's a hundred percent. So, I mean, it's not like you have to have big plans every single day but I think that's why I like those workbooks too is because it slowly works you through it instead of like you could get lost on the daily pretty easy trying to focus on too many things mm -hmm. instead of just like what is that one thing that I'm gonna improve on today that's good and I think that's something probably right now why we're on pause would be great so you know you're actually marking your progress and I had one of, one of the best horse trainers I've ever known. She was a, a cutting reining horse trainer. And that was exactly what she said. When you're training Colts, 1%, all you got to get every day, 1% better. You can't go ask a, a, a Colt to go and stop hard and spin and do everything on day one. You just, and then, then, you know, a hundred days are hundred percent better. So that's good advice. Yeah. Do you guys ever feel like that though, with your breakaway roping? Like you're just, you know, like, what is that one thing that I'm going to work on today? And maybe that wasn't the thing that went right, but yet you can celebrate that maybe your horse worked a little bit better. Maybe you scored a little bit better that day or, you know, like to where instead of walking out of the practice pen, like I, my father and I were riding two-year-olds this morning and I was trying to get one of the Colts to do something and it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to happen today. Today was not the day for it, but I was like, but dang, she stepped across in the front end so much better than she did yesterday. So there's a win, you know, like, I think too, if you can find that win in that day, whether it was the thing that you wanted to accomplish, but maybe it was something else that you accomplished. So you can check that off instead, right? Uh, yes. No, I think that's huge. Right. And I, you know, talk to people that you can't work on two things at once, right? You can only work on one thing, especially, you know, when we're roping, it's, our brains can't, you know, and no matter whether it's in the practice pen or in a rodeo run, you got, there has to just be that one thing that you're trying to do, right? So last night in the practice pen, I wanted my mare to, um, I wasn't gonna, I've been working on freeing her shoulders up and I wasn't gonna do that. So we did that, right? And then she, yes, she wasn't getting in behind cattle, but guess what? That's what I'm gonna work on tonight, right? Um, and I think when you're working with the young ones, you know, show her the one thing, and then she was so excited and proud of herself because she had done that right. And, you know, that's how you're going to keep them happy too as horses, right? If we throw 10 things at them and just pick at them, and so just, especially when you're with mares, right? Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> I can relate to that. <laughs> right. Um, 
So, <laughs> so you're saying horses are like women, we kind of overthink everything. <laughs> <laughs> but yet we want to feel so accomplished in that time. So if we tell them how accomplished they are at the end of that day, whether it was what we were hoping to accomplish, but they accomplished something, you know? <laughs> right? 100%, right? Oh, yeah. Um, keeps them on board. Absolutely. I think it's huge. Well, I think stating it out loud. Um, so our neighbor, Guy Greg, uh, a couple years ago, when, well, when we first moved here, I guess it would be like five years ago or four years ago. I don't know. Anyways, um, he'd come over and team up quite a bit. And every day he'd be like, what's your goal today? And like, just going into the practice pit and saying it out loud, like my goal today is to get my horse to break to the pin. Okay. So let's do it. You know, and, and saying it out loud is huge. What is your goal for the day? Oh, I tell you, you've got to put it out to the universe, to the universe. Like it, that was, that's mind blowing to me. Like, and knowing is like, and I don't know if you guys saw my post, I did a post on Facebook after I redid my vision board this year, because it was just like, oh, to me, you know? And I was like, I want to know what you guys are working on. Like, put it out to the universe. Tell me, what do you want to do this year? Because if you put it out to the universe, there's an accountability that happens. And it's not because they're going to hold you accountable. It's because you put yourself accountable. Because if you don't ever share your dreams, your hopes, your aspirations, how's anyone to know it? And put it out there. Like, whether you accomplish or not, put it out there and keep putting it out there because it will happen. There's something about putting it to the universe helps make that happen. And I think neurologically, it's called the quantum model of reality. Um, it's easier for our brains. If you put it out there in the positive, right? Our yep. brain is easier to understand that that is a reality. And it's easier for our brains to do the little things that need to be done to get there, right? It's already a fact for our brain and our bodies and our brains just work that way. We're like, oh. And it's just, a, it clears the path, right? Energetically and neurologically for us to get that done. Absolutely. I think, you know, like, I don't know, are you guys big on like quotes and sayings and stuff that just kind of like feed your soul and just kind of reminds you like when you're down or whatever. And I've got on my bathroom mirror, my husband, <laughs> my husband loves me for this. On lit with lipstick one day, I was just having one of those days, you know, like I, I was down because we all get down. I'm human. We're real. You know, there, there's days that you don't want to get out of bed and you don't want to do anything. And you're, then you kind of realize you're like, okay, I have to get out of my sweats today. And I, I have to go face this world of standstill that we're in, you know, but I have, um, on lipstick. I wrote down a bunch of different quotes that when I walk into the bathroom and I brush my teeth or wash my hands or put on my makeup, blow dry my hair, whatever that is, but I have to stand there and I have to read these on my mirror. And it just, it, it reminds you and it pushes you just to keep going. Mm -hmm. Are they quotes or are they like, I am statements? Um, there's, there's a little bit of both. Yeah, it's kind of combination. Like one of the biggest things um, that I have on there, it's if not now, then when? Mm -hmm. That one's a big one. Um, make a big deal of the little moments. Learning to celebrate, you know, even the, the failure, what, what somebody would think is a failure, but finding that one good thing. So remembering, remembering to celebrate those the littlest of moments. Um, the other one is, is don't limit your challenges, challenge your limits. That one's a big one for me. Um, the other one that really, really like hits a place with me and it's something that I look at my daughter and I see it in her just naturally, but I don't, she doesn't recognize what it is, but, um, and it, it makes me think about it, but it's, um, you will not always be motivated, so you must be disciplined. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. That one's do a good you have one. a daily mantra that, so say you're going through your day and something that, that a mantra or a saying that you can always come back to in that same respect? 
Um, I'm not sure if I do have that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm big on like when I do my gratitude journal, I, there's like, it's the, I am, mm-hmm. you know, I am capable and I'm enough. Mm-hmm. I'm enough. And it, it's, it's, and what's kind of crazy is, is there's a guy in the salon world that we follow. His name is Michael Cole. And when he came into my life in the salon industry, I was not in a place of mindsets, right? Like I wasn't in that place to understand like who he was or what he was doing or what he was putting out there. Like I just wasn't there yet. And I feel like this is something that we can't force to happen, that it's something that it's in that time that we're ready to be there. And, but going back and it's so funny because he has this uh, power wheel is what he calls it, the power wheel. And it's the power of I am. And going through all of this now and through this personal growth and development and everything and starting to really understand and respect the power of I am. So in my journal, it's like what you said, I am enough. I am capable. Um, you know, and it's every day it's different and because us as women, we are, we're easy to destroy ourselves. Like we don't need the universe to destroy ourselves. We're women. We beat our, we beat ourselves up on a daily basis and learning to not do that, learning to love yourself, learning to like, you know, a lot of people would look at somebody and be like, gosh, she's drop dead gorgeous, you know? And oh my gosh. And then, oh, I wish I had her eyebrows or I wish I had her lips or whatever. You know, we're in that world, that celebrity, that celebrity, I can't talk, world of comparison. And when you step away from that and you start loving yourself and telling yourself, I am beautiful. I am fit. I am enough, you know, and you write those things down. It's amazing. You just, you learn to love yourself that's so true right because we just but because those are all true statements right and I think it's going from mm-hmm. the fact that first you just have to say them or first you have to write them down and put them out and then it comes along and it, it for you know for it was then truly believing them I think takes some time and some grace and going through the process um or another one is everything's always working out for me you know because the yeah. universe is always working out for you in your own time frame we may not not what our head might think (laughs) we should be doing but it is so um knowing believing it sorry Jennifer um I think that's important to the part about loving yourself because I don't think you can win or you probably could but not as much as you want to and you probably can't get to your end goals without being happy with yourself I don't I don't know what it is but I've think that in my struggles with rodeo I've had the toughest time when I'm not happy with other areas of my life but when I'm happy it just seems like winning comes a lot easier to me I could not agree with that more like in in working on those areas of your life on a daily basis too but coming back to it you know like I've been married for Oh, almost 16 years. My husband and I have been together for almost 19 years and going through that roller coaster of things, you know, there's a lot of life that happens in all those years together. And, and when those aspects of your life aren't going good, like what was happening and and looking back now, like watching my husband in the, in the rodeo arena, he's a steer wrestler and, and watching him go through those roller coasters. And then it's like a domino effect that can go down and then you go through this process of personal growth and development and you start to realize like not all areas of your life are always going to be perfect. Like it's never going to be aligned, but I think that's when we step back and find things that we're grateful for because you can shift, you you can shift that so much more. Um, You can, uh, change your, oh gosh, your personal state. Okay. So this is another thing that I'd learned. You guys are getting in deep here with me today. Holy (laughs) smokes. Um, 
changing that, like you can come home and not be happy in, in your life, in your world or whatever. And you can live in that state. And when you wake up tomorrow, do you think that state's going to change? Absolutely not. But guess who has the power to change that state? You do. You're given choices. And you can wake up and you can choose happiness or you can choose to be sad and stay in bed all day. So I am big on choosing that happiness every day. That's where the gratitude comes in. But also too, like not every day you're going to have a great day, but you can shift that mindset a little bit. And you've got to change your state. And the one thing that I had learned about changing your state, it's finding that in, in everybody's, it looks different. Like for me, like it's finding that music that like just moves you and that you can feel it. And, and, you know, like it just, it can change your mind. It can change your state, whether it's a dance party in the bathroom or in the kitchen or wherever you need to be, or turning up the radio really loud or just changing the view that you're looking at, get outside, go do something, you know, that can change so much just in, and to re-motivate you to get outside and go get on that horse, even though you don't want to get out there because it's raining and it's cold or whatever that is. But we do have the ability to change that, but it's, what does that look like to you and how are you going to do it? Cause everybody has something. You just don't know it yet. Like sometimes it just naturally happens that you haven't recognized that that's what just shifted your attitude or your mode or your mojo that day. But once you recognize that, you can control that just a little bit. And you can say, I'm in a dumpy mood. I'm going to go put on that song and I'm going to change my state and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go get work done. I think that's hugely powerful. And I think how we can um, help you know, like your daughters or, you know, how we can help um, these women that are going to grow up into women recognize that in themselves, I think is a huge thing as, as we move forward, right? And giving them Absolutely. that confidence and those, those tools. Because I think as kids, it's, we, they do it, right? But then as, as adults, we kind of get stuck. So I think empowering them now <laughs> as young women um, is huge too. Yes. Okay, one more question for you. So what about, I read this book this winter and he used, and I, I love the term grateful and the gratitude, but then he used the term, have you used it, appreciation versus being grateful for something? Have you heard that? I have not. So, so when you appreciate something, if like if you, if money appreciates, so it grows in value. So if you're grateful, that's amazing. But then if you truly appreciate something, so that mind shifts at from that mind shift from uh, gratefulness to appreciation because then that will grow because and it's been a huge um, way to, interesting way to look at things to say I, yes I am thankful I'm grateful but then to shift and say I'm very appreciative of my marriage or wh cool. whatever it may be so I think that's the cool thing to think about too so that is really cool Michael C money mindset money Okay, I don't know the name of the book, but anyway, that's a cool way to think of things too. That is really good. All right. Are we ready for rapid fire questions? The pressure's on. You didn't warn me about this. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there would be a surprise. <laughs> All right. So um, what in your life are you most grateful for or appreciated of? My family. That's good. What is your favorite word? Ooh, probably grateful. I use that a lot. Okay, that's a good one. What is the first thing you notice about a person? Now you're making me think on that one. Um, probably their presence, how they carry themselves. That's good. Okay. And the last question. If you could have lunch with one person, alive or dead, who would it be? Haley Kinzel. Mm. Or Haley Lockwood now. 
That's a good one. She inspires me. She inspires me. Just being around her at a distance, you know, at the American and seeing her at rodeos and her, her faith just, it draws me in that I would love to sit and have lunch and just listen to her talk all day long. Yeah, she's, I've never seen her in person even in just the little bit I've seen of her. I enjoy her. I think that she just radiates that she's a cool, good person. Yeah, absolutely. And just her fun little story, you know, just for herself. And I, she did a, um, I saw it on Facebook and I know I've shared it on mine, but she did a little sermon on satisfaction. And if you guys could ever find it and listen to it, like she's good. She is so well-spoken and I don't think it's anything that she means to do. It's just a gift that she has. And I love the way that she puts herself out to the world because she's not there just to be a world champion. Like she's got a bigger purpose than that. And, and she, we see it, I see it. And I just, she's got a following. She's amazing. Yeah. She's using God's gift to show the world. She is amazing. Absolutely. Fun to follow and fun to read about. Yep. All right. Well, thank you, Miss Casey, for being on the show with us today and enjoy uh, riding your colts the rest of your afternoon. Yes. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah, this was awesome. <laughs> I can't tell you how much I got goosebumps. I was like, oh, that's so good. This is so good. And it's so <laughs> powerful and it's stuff that you can apply in barrel racing and breakaway roping and being a mom and oh. being a 16-year-old. I mean, any, any stage of life you're in or anything you want, it was, it was good. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you everyone for listening to the All Focus and Grit Breakaway Roping Podcast. Dream big and rope sharp.